Bruce Pond had success early on with, uh, with many other startups, but now really focused, well, specifically ascend uh, a scribe obviously now building big chain db really to create a master record across all these different uh kind of blockchains and bitcoin and ethereum etc specifically to just you know he gave the example of tracking you know materials in a hat right so currently serving you know about five to ten customers paying you know five to ten grand per month his goal is to get 100 grand to 100 grand per month in mrr by the end of this year about six million dollars raised with their team of 20 mostly engineers phds this is the top where i interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base you'll learn how much revenue they're making what their marketing funnel looks like and how many customers they have i'm now at twenty thousand dollars per talk five and six million he is hell-bent on global domination we just broke our hundred thousand unit soul mark and i'm your host nathan latka Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. This is episode 782. Coming up tomorrow morning, I talked to Alex. He is the CEO of Scout RFP, and they have three times their year-over-year monthly recurring revenue to over $1.2 million. So how'd they do it? Hello, everybody. My guest today is Bruce Pond. He is the CEO and founder of Big Chain DB or Big Chain Database. We're going to dive into it. He's playing in the crypto world. Bruce, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Go ahead. Good. So crypto, obviously, right now is all the rage. We've had many people on like Anthony, who is early on behind Ethereum. You know, Naval has contributed many, many other people. You're kind of playing in the space in a different way. Help us understand what Big Chain Database does and how you relate to the crypto world. Absolutely. So I think... Most people just think about blockchains as Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then now there's all these altcoins and stuff like that. The reason why we built BigchainDB was to handle a specific type of use case that most people have kind of overlooked, and that's managing data, data-driven use cases on a blockchain. So if you look at something like Bitcoin, it's payments, cryptocurrency in a global network. If you look at Ethereum, it's like business logic in a global network. And it's kicked off all these ICOs and stuff like that. So, you know, you you have business logic in a blockchain. One area that people have completely passed over is data on a blockchain. So trusted data in for enterprise use cases, for consumer applications. So for instance, your private data, supply chain information, energy data, stuff for automotive, all these types of things are fundamentally data-driven, and then you can build business logic on top of it. Um, and based on that business logic, you can exchange information. You can exchange kind of like bitcoins or other types of value, even fiat. And BigchainDB is fundamentally to solve that problem. When you deal with data, one of the problems uh, that we encountered by doing a use case on top of the Bitcoin blockchain about three years ago was that it didn't scale. 
we weren't able to store the types of data that we wanted to. We weren't able to query it and look for it. Bruce, um, can you can you give me the specific example? Like, tell the story of the actual company or the utility or whatever it was you were trying to scale. Yeah, sure. So we were building a scribe.io. It was trying to put intellectual property um, onto the blockchain because fundamentally that's what we all humans have. We have our intellectual property, our ideas, and if you could make a claim of attribution on it, you can claim the copyright, you can sell it on the Bitcoin network as kind of a, a colored coin back in the day, right? You could sell it as I'm selling five copies of this podcast to some sponsor syndicating it and then you get money and royalties based on that. Yeah. That was what we were building on top of Bitcoin. That's and that's and what a scribe was. First, that's what a scribe was. We're like all behind Bitcoin. We're also all behind like Ethereum. But as we were developing the product, it, it was just it was really hard to build because Bitcoin is fundamentally a cryptocurrency platform. Ethereum is business logic. What we needed was some way to capture metadata, metadata about the creative work, about the author and about the licensing model and the royalty structure that they wanted to get. And that's all metadata that won't fit on a Bitcoin. You don't want it in Ethereum. It's Why not? not an IPFS. Because Bitcoin only, it's, it's, it's like trying to use a Lamborghini to move your house. <laughs> it's, not really, it's not really built for that, right? Yeah. Um, you need something like a truck that can handle data, not heavy data. It's not like, um, it's like a half ton, but it's not like, a, like this huge truck. But mm -hmm. it has to be fast enough, nimble enough that you can get in, get out of the city, all this kind of stuff. Um, we're not talking like an 18 wheeler. So that's, I mean, pardon me for the, the analogy, but it's great. No, those are great. Yeah. Big chain DB is for data. Um, and you know, after two years of building this product, it's actually a lot harder than people, what people think we have, we have NASA scientists, um, PhDs in, in networking protocols, databases, and artificial intelligence on our team. And a lot of people had been giving us flack in the community for saying, Hey, you know, what you're doing is not that special. And I can tell you that we have some like two thirds of our team are PhDs and what's your total team process. size right now we're at 20, 20 people. Okay. 20 folks, Over and half, devs. half yeah. of them devs. Okay. And where are you guys based? Berlin. Okay. Got it. And what is the, I imagine I want to get more into the business model, understand how you're actually sure. playing in the space. Um, I assume you've raised capital. How much? Uh, we've raised around 6 million us dollars, six, okay. 7 million. And was that on a convertible note or a priced round? Price round series A. Okay, got it. Um, and so are you guys, now talk to me about your revenue model. Are you making money? And if not, how do you plan to do so? So we, the, you know, open source software is traditionally a, a dual license model. One's a, a open source license and the other one is if you want to use an enterprise and production with support, you pay an enterprise license. So that's a model that we're looking at. Okay. We've already been getting revenue based on that one. And then also there might be additional revenue models. Um, there's this whole ICO craze going on. Perhaps there's a way that we can play a role in that. And Bruce, are those, I mean, are you pricing that on a structure like a SaaS company? It's a monthly fee or is it like, you know, you know, uh, half a cent per database call and you can buy pay as you go? What's the structure? Um, right now, because of the nature of blockchain, what we'd be doing is like a SaaS model, monthly subscription for the enterprise kind of capabilities and features. Um, we looked at per transaction, but that starts extracting kind of rent in a non-healthy way. So yes, we grow with the network and it's easier for small companies to join up. But if you're talking like um, millions and millions, exchange, yeah, millions and billions of transactions, 
then we're starting to get almost an unfair amount of money. Yep. Yep. That makes good sense. So what, I mean, this is a new world. What's the average customer paying you per month? <laughs> we're still, we're st we just released 1.0 this week. We're really proud of it. What'd you start? Um, I'm just curious. What'd you start with? What price point? Uh, in terms of like getting to our customers, yeah. well, blockchain blockchain skill sets are really rare. So what we do is we, we do premium support and that premium support really is premium. It's more than your typical consulting days. Um, but within there is like additional software and features that we're building in beta that our enterprise customers have access to. Okay. And I mean, again, so what are we talking? Five grand a month, a hundred bucks a month, 10, 20 grand a month? Yeah, about five to six figures. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So five to six figures per month and, and describe, you probably can't talk about specific paying customers, but, but paint a picture for why, like someone who's actually paying you and how they're actually using you to get value for their own company. Yeah. So, you know, many of the problems that we're looking at today are things that people have just gotten used to as part of the cost of business. So if you look at any single organization, whether it's a bank, a supply chain company in energy or automotive, one third of the work is on back office reconciliation, figuring out what happened after the fact. Mm -hmm. One third of all people. Now, you can look at it from one perspective of these jobs are really important for the economy, which I do see. But the other one is this is a lot of the stuff is waste. And what a blockchain does is it makes it so you have a single data source of truth. And just like Bitcoin is the single source of truth for where your money is and who owns it, and Ethereum is the single source of truth for how your business logic is running and what state it's in, um, BigchainDB unlocks this potential where across multiple organizations you can have a single source of truth. In other words, you don't need reconciliation anymore because the truth and the provenance of the data is perfect. So Bruce, tell me a story of our actual customer and how they practice this. So uh, what happens if you can make it so that using IoT, blockchain, and artificial intelligence um, tools, you can essentially track that product from the beginning, the inception, all the way till it gets to the customer's hands. And that customer will understand exactly how that product was made. The regulators will know that it's followed the guidelines. And the company who sponsors it, like Novartis, will know that if there's a recall or there's a quality issue, they can know exactly where that drug is and get it back. Interesting. Interesting. So that was, yeah, you cut off right there at the beginning. That was a pharmaceutical example related to drugs and selling drugs to the, to the consumer, you know, consumers. Correct. Got it. Interesting. This is uh, the analogy. I think it's almost like embodied energy with like the whole sustainability thing right now. And people wondering, is this a non GMO tomato or did that cow actually get GMO Correct. before the milk was produced? It's same kind of idea. Exactly. And you can apply this not just in drugs, but in food, in energy. Energy is something that nobody sees, but it's a huge, huge market, like mm -hmm. oil and gas or even electric. Um, your cars, where you, that hat you're wearing came from, whether it was built in a sweatshop in Bangladesh or, you know, in California, this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how, like if I take my other hat here so I can keep this one on, but if I, like, I take this one off and I look at like the tag and it says like, like made in this space, blah, blah, blah. This could be like marketing bullshit, right? Like how to, how do you make sure that like Kmart or whoever made this hat doesn't just market bullshit crypto database stuff onto this? They could. But the, I mean, just to set that up, so the crypto stuff, the beauty of a blockchain is perfectly audible. So 
if if somebody's like starting from the very beginning of supply chain, 10 steps gets to your door, um, each individual entity has to sign it with their cryptographic key. I mean, we're getting more into science, but you can visualize this on a time perspective, on a, on a Google Maps perspective, and see the hops your clothes and the components have made in order to make up that hat of yours or that shirt. Interesting. And having that visualization allows consumers to truly know, yes, it is. And, and it yes, has to be accurate. It, it has to be signed by every entity. So each entity individually can try to fake it. But as a whole, you're going to get a pretty good picture anyways. And using AI on top of that, you could actually find the one entity who is faking things, who is doing things that are contravening maybe work laws. You know, all these um, free trade agreements that America is trying to sign, like in Asia and stuff like that, a lot of that is about protecting workers so that you can protect jobs in America. And part of that is enforcement. Well, what happens if you could actually know that, hey, in China, there's this one place that's screwing it up and violating the trade law, um, and the blockchain shows it. Interesting. Um, it, pivoting away from like your brain and how it thinks about crypto, as a CEO of a business, what are the key metrics you're measuring month over month to understand, hey, are we doing good or not doing good? Um, number of people who are building on us. So we're, we're kind of a fundamental infrastructure. We want to work with developers. I track every single month how many developers have signed up, uh, have created forks of our code, all that sort of stuff. On the other side, um, we're targeting for 100,000 monthly recurring revenue by the end of the year, that type of stuff, right? What are you, what are you, at? What are you at now? Um, we're in the 50 to 60 range. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. And yeah. you said each customer is paying, call it five, six, seven grand. So what, you have about five or six customers? Or sorry, 10, uh, 10 or 11 customers? Yeah, that's that's right. The latter? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, we, 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 we have a handful of customers because our bandwidth is really small. It takes two or three people per customer to work with. Okay, got it. So you have like quality. five or six customers paying like 10-ish grand per month, something like that. Something like that. Got it. Okay, so goal is 100K MRR by the end of the year. Um, you've raised about 6 million bucks. Uh, uh, one of the key things you measure is, again, uh, how many devs are kind of building on your platform. What, so what was that? Like last month, how many developers are building on your platform? We have about 300 in our Gitter channel, and we have every month about 5,000 pull requests, or not pull requests, but um, clones of our software, which means that more and more people are working on that. We have about, you know, we, we, every month we have 1,000 downloads of our white paper, which is also a good kind of indicator of leading the funnel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, you just said you have about 300 developers, and then you used a term that I have no idea what it means. What were those 300 developers doing? Cloning the software. Okay, and so what? What? Help me understand what that means as a metric of if, if your business is healthy or not. That um, it's not a. It's, it's actually it's just lead generation. It's about uh, whether or not the community is getting behind it, starting to use it, um, and then if they have changes, then they do a pull request, which is put it back into the. To make it smarter. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. Okay, so you have three hundred developers, five thousand clone requests per month. Uh, yeah, 5,000 clones, yes. Interesting. Uh, but are, is that a one-to-one -one ratio? Does one developer mean one clone, or can the 300 developers generate the 5,000 clone requests? Correct, correct. The latter. Like, yeah, yeah. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. 
I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal, and I want to show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com. Click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Very cool. All right, let's wrap up here, Bruce, with the famous five number one. What's your favorite business book? <laughs> it uh, may, might be obscure, but there's this book about mental models from uh, uh, Munger. Uh, what's his name? Anyways, Charles it's a, it's Munger. About Charlie Munger. Yeah. He's got these um, mental models. It's this thick. It's awesome. What's it called, though? Do you remember? I don't know, but it's really hard to find. You have to buy it specially from Nebraska, I think. You're making me want it even more. You, you don't know what the title is? Yeah, it's like Mungerisms, but it's like this rare book of Charlie Munger. It's really, really smart stuff. He's, the guy's brilliant. Interesting. Number two, yeah, I'll never forget. I went to their investor conference in Omaha, and somebody was asking about artificial intelligence, and, and he sits up there on stage in front of thousands, eating his C's candy, drinking like a Coke, and someone goes, Charlie, do you, what do you think about artificial intelligence? And he pauses and he looks at the camera and he looks at the audience, just blank face. And he goes, well, of course we need more artificial intelligence. There's not enough of the real thing. <laughs> just like, of course, duh. <laughs> All right. Number two, Bruce, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Oh gosh. I mean, everybody would say Elon Musk, right? Name um, a unique one, like someone in the crypto space that you really respect or you're following. Oh gosh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> I mean, pick one. I, I really admire how Vitalik um, leads the community with such preternatural maturity. I mean, that that that's blows me away. Well, how which he community manages everything? Eh? The Ethereum community. Got it. Okay, very good. Number uh, three is their favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling. Uh, we use Streak CRM. Okay, good. Uh, manages manages uh, um, contacts and stuff straight out of our Gmail. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Try to get eight. Okay, good. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married. Any kiddos? No. All right. All right, and how old are you, Bruce? 44. All right, last question. Take us back 24 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, buy Bitcoin earlier. <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a, like a true uh you know eating your own dog food there all right buy bitcoin earlier there you guys have it from again bruce pond had success early on with, uh, with many other startups but now really focused well specifically ascend uh, a scribe obviously now building big chain db really to create a master record across all these different uh kind of blockchains and bitcoin and ethereum etc specifically to just you know he gave the example of tracking you know materials in a hat right so currently serving you know about five to ten customers paying you know five to ten grand per month his goal is to get 100 grand to 100 grand per month in mrr by the end of this year about six million dollars raised with their team of 20 mostly engineers phds bruce thank you for taking us to the top all right take care thank you if you enjoyed bruce today go back and listen to christoph yesterday he's inventing what airbnb would look like in the digital currency world and his company is called slot.it 